Hey, this is Todd and Julie Mullen, senior pastors here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy week to join for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. This week in our study on the book of James, James is going to get really personal with us. In chapter three, he starts talking about the tongue and the power that the tongue has in everybody's life. See, everybody's got one, but not everybody knows how to use it. And James has a lot to say about how we use the tongue and the words that we speak. I think all of us would admit that our words have gotten us into trouble probably more times than we can count. Careless words that we have said without thinking, words that came out in an argument that we wish we could somehow take back. But words are a lot like toothpaste. (laughs) Once they come out, you can't get them back in the tube. I think it's amazing that this little thing in our mouth that weighs about three ounces and looks kind of nasty can get us into so much trouble. Maybe it's because we're using it all the time. A couple years back, I remember I was standing in line at the grocery store talking with somebody on the phone from our church about some problem that they were going through in their life and in their marriage. I prayed with them, counseled them, hung up the phone, and then the person that was standing in line in front of me said, hey, Pastor Todd, I go to your church. I heard what you were saying, and I hope everybody's okay. And I remember standing there thinking, what did I just say, right? Maybe you've looked down and realized Uh, your phone accidentally dialed somebody and it looks like you left them a voice message and you're thinking, what was I just talking about? What did they just hear? Proverbs 21, 23 has some great advice for all of us. In fact, why don't you say this with me out loud wherever you are today, say this, keep your mouth closed and you will stay out of trouble. (laughs) Now that's some good advice. Keep your mouth closed and you will stay out of trouble. There's an old Chinese proverb that says, a closed mouth gathers no foot. But the problem is, we can't keep our mouth closed all the time, right? We gotta, we gotta use our mouth and use our words. And we have to learn how to tame our tongue. James says this in James chapter three, verse two, which is our passage for today. He says, if anyone can control his tongue, it proves that he has perfect control over himself in every other way. We can make a large horse turn around and go whatever, whatever direction we want them to go by means of a small bit in his mouth. And a tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. So also the tongue is a small thing, but what enormous damage it can do. A great forest can be set on fire by one tiny spark, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is full of wickedness and poisons every part of the body, and the tongue is set on fire by hell itself and can turn our whole lives into a blazing flame of destruction and disaster. Men have trained or can train every kind of animal or bird that lives and every kind of reptile and fish, but no human being can tame the tongue. Aren't you glad you came to church today for a little bit of encouragement, all right? We're gonna get into this. A few things jump out into me in this passage. First, your tongue has the power of direction. James compares it to this bit that goes in a horse's mouth. And this bit can control huge horses, 
that weighed thousands of pounds by that tiny piece of metal in their mouth. In fact, a small jockey weighing 100 pounds on the back of a, a racehorse can direct that animal and can win a race just by using that small bit. James also compares our tongue to a, a small rudder on a ship that the pilot can direct the course of this huge vessel, even through rough winds and battering seas, all by the small rudder. And James says, even so, the tongue. See, the words that we speak have the power to set the direction for our lives, both positively and negatively. They can direct you to your destiny, or they can move you in the opposite direction of it. Proverbs 18, 21, a verse that we shared many times at church, reminds us that our words kill or words can give life. They're either poison or they're fruit. You get to decide, you choose. Your words will either build up or they're gonna tear down. They're either gonna speak life over your situation and your future and your family and your business, or it's gonna begin to tear it down. But the good news is this, we get to choose. And when your words actually align with God's word, your words actually become prophetic. They set the course for your life and your future. But James also says in this verse that the tongue has the power of destruction. A great forest fire can be set by one tiny spark. Think about the wildfires and how they destroy everything in their path. We've all seen pictures of fires sweeping through the mountains of California destroying homes and entire towns. And each one of those fires began with one spark. And James reminds us that the tongue is that spark. And I quote, he says, set on fire by hell itself and can turn our whole lives into a blazing flame of destruction. Now, that's not real encouraging, but it is true. I wonder how many families and relationships have been destroyed by careless words. How many times our tongues have, have started a fire that's ruined a friendship or a business partnership or a marriage? I heard someone once say, words are free. It's how we use them that may cost us. So this passage reminds us that our tongues have the power of both direction and destruction. One of the key truths that James brings out in this passage is that no human can tame the tongue. And you know that's true because you've tried, and so have I. And we still end up saying things that we regret that we said, even hurting the people that we love with the words that come out of our mouths. You've tried not to share that juicy bit of news. You've tried not to shout at your kids or at your spouse. You've tried to control your frustration and your anger at that coworker or your boss. Even the most type A, strong-willed individuals among us have failed at trying to control our tongue. Can I tell you, it's okay, because you can't. Which begs the question, what are you supposed to do? Just say whatever we wanna say, say whatever comes to mind when you're angry and upset at that friend or family member and just see what happens? Well, no. I think that James is actually trying to tell us something in this passage with the word pictures that he uses. Think about it. A large ship 
Even in the wind and the storm can be controlled by a rudder. Or that large horse can be directed and controlled by, by the bit and the bridle and the reins in the rider's hands. James is trying to help us see that we need help outside of ourselves in order to control the tongue, that we can't do it on our own. As long as the reins are in our hands, we won't be able to control our tongue and direct our lives. So the first step is you have to admit that you need help. Did you catch what Pastor Todd said? As long as the reins are in our hands, we won't be able to control the tongue and direct our lives. So all of us have a choice to make. Are we going to keep holding on to the reins in our hands or are we going to surrender control? Uh, I'm Daniel. I'm the online community pastor, and it's a joy to be able to, to teach this morning and to, to share this message with you. You know, when I, when I started following Jesus in middle school, I, I didn't really give all of my life over to him. Uh, I had some parts of my life that I still needed to clean up. I thought it was funny to cut people down. Honestly, I was probably trying to, trying to be cool, but the words that I used could be sharp and derogatory. Um, I know what you're thinking. How could this perfect angel ever say anything bad, right? But my friends knew that I talked about church. They knew that I invited them to church, but they also knew that I had a little bit of a foul mouth. I remember a time playing baseball that I popped the ball up and I was frustrated and like throw my bat, like, ah, shoot, and jog down to first. I get to the dugout, my friends are wide-eyed and they look at me and go, I, I can't believe that you just cussed in front of everyone like that. I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, shoot. They're like, uh, no, no, you didn't. And you yelled it in front of everyone. I knew at that moment that I didn't have control over my words. I knew that I needed help. But hear me in this, taming your tongue is not just about cussing. I mean, that's part of it. If you're not thrilled when your two-year-old repeats the F-bomb that you just dropped, it might be some motivation to refrain from certain words. But controlling your tongue is more than the absence of potty words. Think about it this way. Have you ever got caught saying something that you wish you hadn't? 95% of you in our poll earlier said, yeah, your words have gotten you in trouble before. I wouldn't have to look too far if I was going to tout an example of some athlete or some politician or some big time CEO who got caught saying something that they weren't supposed to say on a hot mic. We live in a world of cameras and smartphones and our misplaced words, they will find the light of day. Keep in mind, you don't even have to speak these misplaced words. Have you ever texted the wrong thing to the wrong person on the wrong thread? Of course you have. You know, my, my oldest just turned 13 this week, and it's hard to fathom, but we tell him all the time, one, we read all of your text messages. You get privacy when you pay your own bills, so just know that. Two, we tell him that anything you say is a screenshot and a text away from the whole school knowing. See, the problem is not that someone got caught on a hot mic. The problem is not that their text messages got leaked. The problem is they have a heart problem. The communication is just revealing what's in their heart. 
So here's the question for you. What's your potential hot mic moment? What are you covering up in your life? What maybe scandal are you on the brink of in your personal life? That if this pocket of your life knew how you spoke in this pocket of your life, you would crash and burn. It would cause a, a wake of damage. The feelings would be hurt. You'd spend weeks trying to issue all the apologies needed. Well, if that happened, it wouldn't be because of a problem of your words. It'd be a problem of your heart. Jesus tells us himself that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So can you admit help? If you want to tame the tongue, that's the first step. We need to admit that we need help. But the second one is this. We need to acknowledge the Holy Spirit's power. Acknowledge the Holy Spirit's power. You know that you need help, but you need to know who can actually help you. <laughs> you keep trying to will yourself to change, but that's all about you and that's all about your own strength. Is it time to finally acknowledge the Holy Spirit's power? I am so thankful that God doesn't just leave us on our own to, to figure things out. I mean, he's all knowing. He knows that we're going to have areas of weakness. We're going to struggle. But God is so kind and gracious that in our weakness, he gives us strength. He gives us help. Do you, need, do you know and do you need to know today that God wants to help you? God wants to give you this strength. Paul gives us a powerful reminder in the book of Romans. It says, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit dwells in you. That if, if Christ raised Jesus from the dead, like Christ was risen from the dead, that same spirit dwells in our mortal bodies. God promises that his spirit, that same one is ready and available to you, to anyone who follows Jesus. Please don't zone out right here. This is really important. God's spirit, the same one who raised Jesus from the dead, that same power actually dwells in you. What? I know you may be thinking, well, there's no way I can control my tongue. Uh, you don't know the, the stress, you know, when I get frustrated, it's just too hard. Or the people that I hang out with, it's just how everyone speaks. But listen, <laughs> the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. Don't you think that the Holy Spirit can help you and help you get your tongue under control? All right, so how do we do this? Well, let's get practical. We know that number one, we need to admit that we need help. Number two, we need to acknowledge the Holy Spirit's power. But that takes some work on our part. We have to, number three, align ourselves with the Holy Spirit. Align yourself with the Holy Spirit. This is how we practically give the reins in our life over to the Holy Spirit. Man, I wish this was a one-time thing. Hey, God, I gave you the reins. I made a decision to follow you that one time of movement camp. So I'm good now, right? Or, hey, I prayed a prayer that one time at the end of service. So now my life is fully aligned with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I wish it were that simple. James tells us in, in chapter 3, this is really hard. It's really hard to get our tongues under control. I mean, he talks about we can tame birds and animals and, and reptiles even, but you can't tame the tongue. No one can tame the tongue. It's, it's restless evil that our tongues are full of deadly poison. Thanks a lot for the encouragement, James. I feel really good about it. 
in saying you can never really fully tame your tongue. But what could you do if you could align yourself with the Holy Spirit today and then maybe a little bit more tomorrow and then a little bit more after that? What if you, the input of, of the music that you listen to, what if, what if you started listening to music, you started reading, reading the Bible, you, you had this season of life where you were just really in tune with God. And what if that one season turned into another season and, and season after season, we started to align our lives a little bit more? What would happen? We'd, we'd start to produce some fruit in our life. This is what Galatians talks about, the fruit of the Spirit. It produces things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. If those are the things that come out of my mouth, whew, that'd be amazing. If my conversations could be marked by those attributes, like when my wife, when I, when I speak to her, if she heard love and gentleness in the words that I used, if my coworkers recognize kindness and, and faithfulness in how I speak in a meeting, if my kids would think of their father as a man of patience and joy, that would be incredible. I'm, I'm not there yet by any stretch of the imagination. But Paul tells us in Galatians, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Step by step. How can we align ourselves with God's Spirit? So to close out, I'm going to give you two action steps that you can do in order to control your tongue and stay in step with God's Spirit. The first one is this. Plan your words every day. Plan your words every day you actually have to prepare to prepare before you speak. Imagine this. Imagine you have a, a big meeting at work. You have a big presentation that you're going to give. Do you plan ahead or, or do you just get up there and wing it? No, you, you're going to think through some talking points. You might even prepare a slide deck. You might even learn about who's going to be in the room. You put yourself in their shoes and you think through okay, where are they coming from? What do they know? What do they need to know? What objections might they have? The point is this, you're going to do some work before you actually speak. Now think about this. This is probably controversial here. Controlling your tongue is more important than your big break at work. Controlling your tongue is more important than your big pitch to the boss. What? Okay, here's the deal. Every time you speak, you're dealing with people who are made in the image of God. You're talking to a son or a daughter of the king, whether they realize it or not. That's what scripture says about another human. So yes, you'd better prepare yourself for a day of interacting with the royalty. At Christ Fellowship, we have this concept of a first 15 we teach this in our class called The Journey. Uh, the next one's in two weeks, so hey, it's a good time to sign up. But in this first 15, we talk about what would it look like if you spent 15 minutes of your day, the first 15, you spent it with God. You got your heart right with Him. Okay, break that down. Maybe it's five minutes of worship music, just listening to scripture and positive music to get your mind right. Maybe it's five minutes of reading God's word. And it's five minutes of praying. Could you do that? It's totally doable. 
But we have to put in some work to reorient our minds around staying in step with God. What if this week you planned to speak life? Think of the conversations and the people that you're going to interact with. What if you looked at your calendar right now? You thought about those interactions. What would it look like if you brought those conversations before God in prayer? You asked for the Holy Spirit's help as you speak. This is what David modeled in Psalms. He he talks about, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Not just the words that I speak, but even the meditations in my heart, the things I think before the words ever come out, may that be acceptable to you, God. Could you imagine what your life would look like if you entered every conversation, prayed up, excited, expectant, having encouragement and love and joy and peace and patience, kind of all those things, if that marked your conversations this week, imagine the life you could build by speaking positively about your, your friends and your coworkers and your job and your boss, maybe. Dale Carnegie in his classic book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Highly recommend you check it out. Amazing book. The very first rule that he says is do not criticize, condemn, or complain. Basically, don't be negative ever. If you want to influence people, don't be negative. He writes, any fool can criticize, condemn, or complain. And guess what? Most fools do. How would your relationships be different if you were quick to be kind, quick to show gratitude to the people that God has placed in your life? What would your marriage look like if you constantly spoke words of encouragement to your spouse? Hey, honey, you're really good at that. Hey, I just want to say I'm so thankful when you do this. Uh, Hey, I really appreciate how you took care of that. Now, can I be real a second? In just a millisecond, we can go from good intentions to, at least for me, I can go from good intentions to sticking my foot in my mouth real quickly. We can plan our words we can still mess up, right? John Mayer has an old song called My Stupid Mouth, and I feel like that should be my anthem. He talks about how how his mouth gets him into trouble, and about three quarters of the way through the song, you think that it's over. It kind of starts to fade out, and he says, I'm never speaking up again. I'm never speaking up again. Starting now. It kind of fades, and there's silence. And then the song kicks back up and he says, one more thing, why is it always my fault? And you're like, no, you're you're doing it right now. That's how you get into trouble. That's what happens to me. My mouth can get me into trouble. It's 100% possible to have the best intentions. You can have the spirit working in your life and you can still let hurtful things slip. And that's why we need our next action step. If we're going to prepare our words, we also need to review our words. We're going to review our words every day. Just this week, I had to go to one of my kids and I had to apologize. Talk about an object lesson. I thought about the words that I had used, what I had said to them. And honestly, it triggered a time for me when my boss used the same word and it, it, it made me feel a certain way. I had pain that I had to carry because of that criticism. 
And, and I shared that with them and, and I had to ask them for their forgiveness. We, we had a great moment after that, but I had, to, I had to humble myself. We will make mistakes. We will hurt each other with our words, verbally or maybe even written. But what does David tell, tell us? In Psalm 139, he says, search me, God. Search me and know my heart. Put me to the test and see if there's any hurtful way within me. Daily, we need to examine and reflect how our words impact others. Is there anything you need to apologize for? As you say, God, search me and know my hearts and know if I've hurt anyone. Is there anything that you need to go, ooh, thanks for revealing that, God. I need to fix this and make it right. There's a great prayer tool called the Prayer of Examine. Uh, Ignatius of Loyola, he, he was a Spanish priest. He was a theologian. He helped found the, the Jesuits. And he developed this prayer resource to systematically pray throughout your day. Seeing where God is present. God, where do I need forgiveness? How do I center not only today, but tomorrow on you, Jesus? The prayer of examines is this amazing resource that I hope can provide you with some, some good next steps. Just a quick Google search can, can get you through a, a model here. But could you imagine what it would be like if we lived this in tune with God? What if we prepared our words each day, ready to speak life for the people that we encounter? And what if we could quickly apologize when we make that mistake? Because we're examining, we're reviewing our day. Could you imagine if we took the time to do that? Husbands, let's lead the way in this. Like we can't grunt or mumble our way through this. It actually takes courage. We have to speak up and it takes boldness. Let's go first in telling our wives that we're sorry when our words weren't aligned with God's heart. Hey, parents, let's show our kids what it looks like when we hear from God and when we have to show humility and when we have to apologize to our kids for those times that we make a mistake. Bosses, let's lead a culture of healing in our workplace. Let's set the tone for positive feedback and trust and teamwork among the people that we lead. So today I want to pray two different prayers. All right, the, the first one is for anyone who has a relationship in, in, in your life that man, your words may have hurt them. You're taking that action step, either number one, to plan your words, or number two, to review your words each day, because you know you need the Holy Spirit to empower you to say that you're sorry, to ask for forgiveness, to rebuild that relationship. So God in heaven, we, we ask that you would help us with our words. We ask that you would give us your spirit and allow us to have more control over our words, to trust you more. God, we, we pray that we would be able to spend the, each beginning of our day and the end of our day with a plan and a purpose and reviewing where we may have slipped and where we may have hurt someone with our words. God, we pray that our words may be full of life. We pray that they would be full of encouragement and healing. And we need you. We need to be aligned with your will in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. But I also want to pray a second prayer. 
Maybe you've never given God the reins in your life. Maybe you've never taken that time to say, hey, God, I want you to be in control. I need you in my life. I want to have a personal relationship with you, God. Because every single one of us, we were created for that type of relationship with God. But you know what? Something's broke that. Something's broken in that relationship and the Bible calls it sin. We've messed up, but guess what? God loves us so much that even though we've sinned, even though we've hurt people with our words, the Bible says God sent his son Jesus to earth to live the perfect life that we couldn't live and to die a death that honestly you and I deserve. And through the death and the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, we can finally be forgiven. We can be brought back into relationship with him. We can have eternal life, not just one day in the future, but we can experience that life here now with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that if you want to experience this type of forgiveness, this type of relationship with God, all you need to do to, to give God the reins in your life is to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you'll be healed, you'll be forgiven, you'll be saved, you'll be made new. So, if that's you and that's your prayer, you've never made that decision to give God the reins of your life. Would you pray this prayer with me right now, wherever you are? Our Father in heaven, I believe Jesus died for me. I believe he rose again so that I could live for you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit. Change me from the inside out. I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to those of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything that we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.